Hey, welcome to the Pardon Well Podcast. I'm your host, David Lilly, and uh, this week I had a really fun guest. Um, I think you're going to enjoy it. Um, this conversation really hits home for me. Um, and when I say home, I don't mean like an emotional sense. I mean literally home. Um, my guest is Alicia Purdy. She is uh, running for mayor here in my town, Albany, New York, um, and she's running against the incumbent. And so um, while a lot of my listeners might not actually live in the capital region or near Albany, um, I think this conversation might do you some good. So let me tell you about it. So while, while there's a lot of talk about insider baseball, um, about the city of Albany and about the capital region and, and what's going on here, you're going to hear a lot of that. Um, this conversation is actually really great. And, and so you always hear a lot of people talk about like, you know, vote local because that's what really makes the difference. And I think over the past, you know, you know, 18 months or two, almost two years now, um, things have gotten really weird. And we've seen the kind of authority that local governments have, whether they're governors or mayors or, or city council, stuff like that. We've seen the kind of authority that they play and, and how much they, they do affect our, our lives. Um, and while you might not be in Albany, so you're not really sure about some of the references or some of the things, I think I try to keep it broad enough, but um, broad enough to kind of where you could relate a little bit to it too. But the one thing I want to get want you to get out of this and I know a lot of people might actually be in Albany so this is going to be a real real fun conversation for you um but the important thing is is I'm personally I'm always a little suspicious of any politician just it's my natural state um and it doesn't really help when you hear like interviews or people sit down here debates and there's a policy question and then they have like three minutes to respond like we've all seen these um normally the responses are kind of already practiced out because they're going to be quick on their feet they're looking for that you know as much information in a short um you know short amount of time as possible and we always get that when it comes to politicians but this is a you know most offices have a lot to do with that and i think i think when i got out of this conversation conversation what i hope you did too or what you do get um, is I, I wish people could take this format. So we talk, but I don't just throw out policy questions. We actually get, we dive deep and we kind of figure out um, where she's coming from and, and, and what are thoughts about life and our thoughts about, you know, the city. And, and it's not just here's a policy question, answer as fast as you can. It's, we kind of have a real conversation. And I wish, I wish wherever town you're in and whatever, you know, electoral thing that you're dealing with, I wish you have an avenue um, to find a, you know, a podcast similar to this where they actually take candidates and they just have a conversation. So you get to know the personality and kind of get to know who they are, not on like a debate stage, but like a real conversation. So that's what this was. I think it's really fun. Um, like I said, if you live in Albany, this is, this is a lot of insider baseball about the city. Um, but if you don't, I think you'll enjoy it anyway. And if anything, um, just remember, you know, politicians are people too. Um, and, and they have thoughts and they have, you know, personalities and we don't ever really get to see that. So maybe, um, we'll start a trend of, of, you know, if you're in Milwaukee, you can ask one of your local podcasts because God knows there's probably like 14 of them. Um, maybe start interviewing local politicians, mayors, governors, stuff, city council, and just kind of get to know them before you get a chance to vote for somebody that you don't really know. So anyway, super long rant. I enjoyed this conversation immensely, um, especially because it hits home and it's about my city. Um, and, and I don't want to take up any more time. I want to get right to it. So without further ado, this is my interview with Alicia Purdy. So Alicia, how are you doing tonight? I am doing great. It's been a great day. Very good. Very good. So if I'm, I'm going to say, um, I always ask this, the people I have on the podcast, cause I always, I'm afraid I'm going to end up doing this wrong. Um, your last name is Purdy, right? 
Correct. Okay. See, every time I don't ask, I end up pronouncing it wrong. So that's like a, a thing yes, to start nope, off. Yes, it's Purdy. Alicia Purdy. Alicia Purdy. You are currently um, a mayoral candidate um, for the city of Albany, which that vote is coming up in like a month now. Um, and I have I have a ton of questions for you because I live in Albany. And, and uh, when this podcast started off, it was mostly just artists and musicians from Albany, very local, um, that I was just trying to get to know and kind of meet Um and so I, I, have a, I have a very strong tie to the city. But I also have a, a question because when I think of politics, I've, I've never really been involved in politics. But I always wonder, like, what what was the thing that kicked that off? Actually, let's let's have you introduce yourself. Where, where are you from? What's going on? Maybe you can explain it better than me before I start jumping into a question. Okay. So my name is Alicia Purdy. I'm running for mayor of Albany against the incumbent, Kathy Sheehan. And I'm running, I think, for... I'm going to call it the Rapunzel factor, which is um, we're all, we're all, it's not even political parties at this point. It's an Albany thing. Mm -hmm. We're all seeing the same thing at this point. It's so bad that we're actually united in how bad it is. Mm -hmm. Crime out of control. Um, We we all see the blight. It's ridiculous and embarrassing. Um, We all fight about our taxes, you know, with the city. We all we all see the potholes and the cracks and the decrepit, you know, youth facilities and the the pool and just all of it. We all see it. This is, it's almost like this weird, bittersweet, beautiful thing um, that we all see how bad it is. But at the same time, we all just love Albany so much as there's this weird, fierce, protective loyalty (laughs) we all have to the city of Albany. We love, we love Albany. It's like, it represents this shining city to us all. It's got this, um, great city vibe, um, a neighborhood vibe. And, and it became so bad though, that we, our family started to look around and say, who's, who's coming to help us? Like, where's the next person that's going to step up and do something like, for sure. Obviously Kathy Sheehan is an abysmal failure as a leader and the manager of a city, but what are our options? Do we have options? We we just started to have these kind of conversations and, I've always wanted to run for an elected position. It's just one of those things in my life that I would, I thought was interesting. I interested in anthropology and political science and history. And I love the constitution and law. Um, I'm a journalist. My master's degree is in journalism. And so we, we started to um, look around us and the Rapunzel factor is we were waiting for somebody to come get us. We were waiting like victims in our homes during the riots and and COVID and just all of it It was a rough year last year. And the opportunity presented itself to me, actually. And um, my husband and I sort of looked at each other and he said, Alicia, if it's not now, when? Yeah, for sure. And, And that's really kind of how it unfolded. And I said, "Okay." Then I am going to do, we, we talked to family and said, this is what the rest of the year is going to look like for us if I do this. And I've um, spent my career in two, two predominant types of journalism. One is in government coverage and another one for a different company was in investing and financial business type of things. And so I have the, the, career, the career acumen and knowledge. I have the education to do something of this magnitude, but I was Rapunzel yeah. waiting to be rescued. Yeah. And finally I realized, Alicia, nobody's coming. 
just be it. Go do it. Yeah, that's actually a really good point. I don't know if a lot of people, I, I, I listen to a lot of people that, that come across that idea that, that it's an actual theme, the idea that no one's going to come to save you. Like you, you're going to have to do it. Um, I'm actually, I just heard it recently. I was trying to think of the quote. Um, but I, uh, let me jump back because you said a bunch of things that I want to hop into. And are you, oh, hold on. Are you from Albany? Are you from the area at least, like up here? Yeah, I'm born and raised in the capital region. Yes. Oh, very cool. Um, I, my family for multiple generations is from specifically the city of Albany, New York. This oh, does awesome. actually come up. It's, I'm a weird, I'm a weird question mark to people because <laughs> my mom and dad, to escape the big city, they were, I have generations of my family are from Albany and oh, wow. my mom and dad raised me just south of Albany, about 25 minutes south of Albany in a little tiny town called Greenville. Okay. Yeah. And after high school, um, I went to college and in, during those years, my parents set their, um, church, all of it, uh, all of it moved up to Albany. They still actually keep that house, that little old house in Greenville, but we all live in Albany and this is where our family has been for generations. And so when people say, am I from Albany? Sometimes I get the stink eye depending on their age. Okay. Sometimes yeah. they'll say, Oh, you didn't graduate from Albany high. Um, if they're older, they'll say that if they're younger, they don't give a rip as long as I can get the potholes taken care of. But yeah, yeah. I'm born and raised in the capital region. No, that's fair. I wasn't actually going to um, scrutinize you on how far. Oh, out I, no, <laughs> you, you might be shocked. I call it the Albany resume. People oh, want to man. know. They don't even care yeah. that I'm a seasoned journalist. They they don't care. They want my Albany resume. That's what they yeah. want. Yeah, no, I, that's I totally get that. Um, I'm not actually from. I've, I've lived in Albany for a, not consecutively, but uh, seven years total now. Um, me and my wife moved up here in 2011, and we're from small town um, Texas, East Texas. And uh, and I knew a friend up here, and he, he had a thing going on. So I was like, you know, and I've, I I kind of grew up in Connecticut as a kid for a few years, and then my family moved around. Um, but my wife grew up in a small town in Texas all of her life. And so when we got married, I was like, let's 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 get out of here for a little bit. Let's see what's up. And so we, on a whim, moved to Albany. And, uh, she's oh, that's never quite around. a whim from Texas. Um, I'm a risk taker, and I'm also an idiot. So you put those two <laughs> you together. To um, yeah, you put those two together. And then all the, I'm also, I love adventures. Like, I love hearing stories of people taking. So even, I mean, less so now. I think the older I get, the less more of a, I want to take an event. My adventures now are like, I need to save up for Universal. Like, that's the biggest adventure I'm going to do. Um, but, but, but back then, I was like, she's never seen the Northeast. And I kind of grew up here as a kid in Connecticut. And I was like, wait till you see the fall. You know, wait till you see. And yeah. her family didn't travel a whole bunch. Um, they definitely travel, I think, you know, from South Carolina and stuff. So she's she's visited. But I was like, you haven't seen it. So we moved up to Albany. And this was in 2011. And I hate saying this, but 2011 Albany is totally different than, I mean, 2017 Albany or 2016 Albany um it was a different vibe when we got here the first time and we fell in love um absolutely adored the city and that's when you said that Albany love I'm not even from here and uh I mean you know seven years later I, I started an art gallery in downtown and um you know helped plant a church and was constantly involved and I just wanted to see this city thrive um and I think a lot of people have that I mean for me I came from a, a little bit of a small town but I, I grew up everywhere and I wonder you always hear, I have a friend who used to live here and he lives in Columbus now and he loves Columbus, but he loves Columbus because all of the stuff and all the, and everything that's built, it's very touristy. It has all these amenities. There's all these things going on. Um, and I'm like, that makes sense. What doesn't make sense is someone to 
live in Albany and be like, I love this city. Because then you start going, but wait, why? And then and that's the real question. Do you feel that? Is that something that you yeah, feel? Because sometimes you know, I think that you're a talking lot. about this 2011 vibe. Um, the vibe when I was in my 20s, which was 20 years ago, is um, it is a it is worlds apart. Yeah. When when I was in my 20s, downtown Albany, especially, was thriving yeah. with people between you know young. They weren't millennials, I guess. I'm, I'm Gen Xer. Yeah. Um, they were people who were, you know, 20s to 30s, and there were there was restaurants everywhere. There was a real nightlife mm-hmm. where people would spill out onto the streets, oh, and everybody that. was friendly. Yeah. And yeah. it was it's just a different. It is now. Albany has this very economically depressed sense about it. It yeah. has this kind of um, s- slower paced. Um, movement that feels gray. If I had to pick a color, I'm going to pick gray. It That's feels gray. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it, it's really just an atmosphere of gray. It's and and yes, the world is very different now than it was. And and there are reasons behind that. It's not simply the evolution of the world. My aunt, I told you, my family was is from Albany for generations. My aunt um, left and actually went to Texas and she came back into town and said, hey, what's there to do in Albany? Mm -hmm. And she called me. I'm running for mayor. What's there to do in Albany, Alicia? Run for mayor. And I said, that's about it. (laughs) Well, yeah, run for mayor because we got to get some stuff to do in Albany. Yeah. Um, I said, you know, did you go to the river? (laughs) So I wanted to suggest now we're in a weird pocket of of history right now because of COVID. But I mean, restaurants are coming back, but it. I don't blame it on COVID. Not for one second. In fact, that's Kathy yeah. Sheehan's game. She blames everything on COVID. This this existed before COVID, and it it's been dwindling for years. I do have my my personal theories as to why that exists outside of maybe what most people see. But um, all that to say, my my vision for the city of Albany, the city that I love, and. So many people see Albany as this this glimmering, glitzy, glittering little teeny Manhattan like Manhattan mm-hmm. used to be back in the day as well. Um, my vision. So it's called Operation Transform. And one of the one of the things that is so it's an acronym. It It's a whole thing. It's um, taxes, revenue, accessibility, neighborhoods, safety and policing, facilities, opportunities, resources and management. So it's the gotcha. whole ac- acronym. Um, but one of the, so revenue, that's the, the first R in transform. And I have, because of my love for the city of Albany, because I see, I know it's history. I know um, I've been here my whole life. I mean, in and out, sort of like you, I went to college, but in and out of Albany my entire life. When I look into Albany's future as mayor, I see it through a couple different lenses. The first lens I actually see it through is I'm an artist. Uh, mm-hmm. That's just something that I am as a person. And I, I cool. see life through the framework of art. So you fit right in on this podcast then. This is great. I, apparently I do. I didn't uh-huh. know that you, that it was, that was so art heavy. I mean, I, I looked through it, but I didn't know that was really like the crux of it. So that's, that's cool. It's, yeah. So it started I, I'm and an artist. I moved off into philosophy and politics. And so you, you literally <laughs> have just played right. Form. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Exactly. Different art form. I, I definitely liked, this is my, this is my sweet spot. I like to talk about art. Um, and then All if right, I can so get, I'll give you some artistic ideas here. Okay. Give me, um, if you can mix it with politics. Politics, that makes it even better. I can. This is this okay. is why you want a mayor who I've traveled the world. Actually, um, I've seen lots of different. I've been in lots of different cult- cultures and countries, 
and um and and I am an artist and, and I'm a musician that there's just some sort of side things that I do. And when I look at the city of Albany, what I see, if I had eighty million dollars in COVID relief money, now there are some restrictions, but let's just dream a little. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I see in in the city of Albany is something that I call the Albany City Cultural Bazaar. Absolutely and sold. Sold. I would... I'm already on. I'm already on board. <laughs> I lo- right. I love it. So we have a lot of street fairs in Albany. We're a city of street fairs for sure. We love our our streets and our fairs. Well, I have and some. I have some statements on that one. Um, but it's, continue. You know, I don't. I I just went to the Upper Madison Street Fair and I thought it was fantastic. Some of some are better than others. Some are more well planned than others. Um, but we love. You know what we love in Albany? Ooh. We actually do like to get together and see what each other created and walk up and down the street and eat food. Oh, that was the it's, thing I was going to say as far as, because we went to the, the farmer's market that they do every Saturday. As far as Albany goes, I don't know why or who has the junction. It might just be a bunch of people who just love the city, but their street fairs are always going and they're always there, you know, like, and it's like when you said to paint the city gray, um, being an artist, I was like, that is spot on. But then there are the people in the city, you're like, no, we're going to do this anyway. Watch us put on another art fair. And you're like, thank you. Very nice. Okay. And that's what I was going to say. <laughs> My statements were, it's like, I don't know how they're still doing it or how it's going on, um, but it's still happening. People still still are, are doing it. And so, yeah, anyway, that was, that was my well, you know what? on that. I'll tell you why it's because the, the beauty of the human spirit, first of all, is actually unquenchable. I agree. And I agree. we're New Yorkers. I mean, I, I'm not to excluding at all. Um, but you know, being a New Yorker and being from Albany, we pride ourselves on a really specific type of grittiness mm-hmm. and resilience. I agree. And so there, there's only so long you can trap people in emotional torment and fear before people eventually start to say freaking no, I'm done. Yeah. yeah, And so I think that's where we are. And, and people that are, you know, common sense people just want to live and move on with their lives and thrive. Um, there it's, it's, it's life breaking through. And I love that, that that's still, it's still that glimmer of hope of we can, there's still something to build from. There's a, there's a, you know, a remnant of people that are, are, able to build forward. And so when I think of things, when I, when I think of, you know, the artist in me thinks about maybe five years down the road and we've, we've addressed a bunch of things and we have the Albany city cultural bazaar, Mm -hmm. I see something like, um, I don't know how often, maybe it's once a month, maybe it's once a quarter, whatever, where people that represent the beauty of Albany, New York come out. And I would love to see, um, different pockets of stages with dancing. And I would love to see, um, I would love to see things that you would see in a a Chinese new year. I'd love to see paper mache dragons down the street. And I would love to see, um, a really a celebration of who Albany is. So there's, there's one idea for you. And we're talking about our revenue and operation transform to bring in revenue. This is for people to come in and to know Albany and to love our city. And we could utilize the riverfront, um, but anyway, one of the one of the things I would love, Kathy Sheen is building this sky bridge so people can access the riverfront over 787. And and that's fine. I'm actually completely against it, but whatever. Oh, okay. um, yeah, I am. I just think it's a flagrant waste of money and there were better things to do. But she's trying to leave a legacy for herself. So here's what oh, I would she's like. She's leaving one. She's leaving. Yeah, one. It's well, it's not the one she probably started off to leave unless it is. And maybe we'll just go down that path someday. <laughs> but anyway, just, <laughs> just <laughs> yeah, to no, say we, this. We can keep moving on. Um, I would love to see, in my opinion, I'm a mother, I've got five children, and one of the things that I would love to see in the city of Albany would be an amazing artwork um, 
work of art, I should say, um, Children's Science Museum that really yes. is an Albany City great attraction for people. We are the capital city of New York State, and I believe that New York State is the greatest state. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm now I'm brushing up against Texas here, but I believe that New York up. State is <laughs> I got a lot <laughs> of people all, all over the place right now going, are you kidding we're, me? We're a very no, powerful state, and I'll tell you why. We've got, because of New York City, and we've got um, fashion, we're the fashion capital of the world, financial, commerce, trade, shipping, unions. This all is anchored in New York City. Mm-hmm. And those people come up to Albany to make the laws that govern this state. Yeah. And so Albany, New York really is a sleeping giant in a lot of ways. And yeah. people should come up here and not just look for a great restaurant. They should be able to take their kids on a horse-drawn carriage along the riverfront, and they should be able to walk under some of these historic streets and enjoy the beautiful doors that we have. We have beautiful doors where people decorate them, and you can take a whole tour of doors. You can look at our history. You could come in here and go to this great science museum where it's all twisty and cool and looks like art and it's built into a tree or, you know, whatever that might be, um, however that looks in the end, but it's artistic. It's interesting. It's alluring to people outside the city. It provides financial revenue to people in this city. Um, the the guy who owns the Central Warehouse. Let me just tell you about him. So okay. Evan Bloom, who owns the Central Warehouse. I he's not a popular guy because of the Central Warehouse is this thing we love to hate. Right? We all love to talk about the Central Warehouse. That's people the, are like tear it down. That's and someone's the, like that's the ice the ice house, right? It's a big refrigerator box. Yeah, yeah, yeah filled yeah. with asbestos. Yes. Yeah. If you don't know, if you're listening, you're like what. Are hell are they talking about you can literally google ice house albany and you'll see the pictures and it's not it is one of the hottest topics yeah, here in the not, city of albany just a heads up it's not like often a, a, a distinct area where you have to drive out of your way to see it it's like the first thing you see you coming from the north <laughs> like it's you can't miss it it's a beacon yeah on its that own. really it's typifies albany you come into albany you're like oh my gosh what is that like how did building? but <laughs> honestly if we stop right there and just talk about the um it's not like that all of a sudden happened. Like I'm, I've lived in Lake Charles for a little bit, and I was talking to a buddy of mine who still lives out there, and he was like, they had a hurricane two years ago, and um, there was this big, I think it was a city tower, um, city of the bank, um, like C I T I, and it was very nice, glass windows everywhere. And he said he went by there the other day, and they still had plywood up, and I was like, oh, I guess that makes sense because even now Lake Charles, and no one knows where Lake Charles is, but it's a it's a medium-sized town in, in Louisiana, and uh, and it's still having a hard time because they keep getting hit with hurricanes. Um, and I was like, that makes sense. But this icebox thing has been around for how long? And I understand, like, well, but it's also New so- York, so when you want to get something done, um, get a pen and paper because you're going to get a few pens because you're going to be filling out paperwork for the next millennia. Um, I'm going to give you the backstory, and I'll give you a little spiel about the, the Central Warehouse. Oh, so it yes, was there do. as a warehouse. It's got refrigeration units, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it fell into disrepair. It's got asbestos. It's, it's got a lot of issues in it and it changed hands. One guy kind of sat on it, did nothing with it forever. It fell into arrears. Um, this new owner now, Evan Bloom, he bought it a couple of years ago and he bought it for, for a very small amount. People say the, the urban legend is that he bought it for a dollar. Awesome. Now I, I've spoken with Evan Bloom. He did not buy it for a dollar, but it was cheap. He (laughs) bought it for like a thousand dollars. Are you serious? Like, yeah, he bought it. He bought it dirt cheap. So what? But the but, the, but it came the with taxes had to be y- yes enormous. It came okay, with yeah. Huge arrears in taxes that he had to pay, and he has not paid them. Yeah. And he and I have spoken about his vision for the central warehouse, and um, why aren't you paying your taxes, Evan? So there's a whole backstory there that I won't get into. That's a financial backstory, but yeah. 
his vision, and I'm now I'm putting my artist hat back on, and, and a mayor who thinks like a creative. Mm-hmm. I'm a creative thinker on, on every level. And so his vision that I immediately bought into, regardless of its, you know, how realistic it is, I immediately bought into the idea that we could have a seven-story living art gallery in the city of Albany, and that it features yeah. only artists that are artists that are from and in New York state and, and they can do giant installations and they could live there and there could be, you know, a restaurant area and he runs a demolition depot. So he sells all these old like archways Mm. and great lighting and all these things. And that would be the first floor. And then it would be this great gallery. And he was saying people would come from around the state and they would pay to get in. It's the New York um, you know, it's housed in Albany mm-hmm. and privately run. Anyway, he had this whole idea. And I thought an art gallery that celebrates New York culture, New York history, New York artists, and they, they pay to have their work put in there and people can come from across the state. And it's now they're here for the Children's Museum and they're here for the the giant yeah. art gallery. And I, I see this in my mind's eye when I think of myself as the mayor of Albany. I see these things that pay honor to our city and and benefit and support the human beings that live here. And that's ever present in my mind is does this benefit the people? Yeah. And if Kathy's asking the same question, she can't prove it in the court of law. Second <laughs> of all, yeah. even if she were, yeah. obviously we have drastically different conclusions that we've come to in what would benefit the human being the life and the worthy person that lives here in Albany, New York, and how do you make their life better and support their thriving? I totally agree. Um, So let me jump in real quick before we move on, because I feel like I really got to say this on the podcast, Um, even though most, most people might still be questioning where even Albany is on the map at this point in time. Um, I, that ice house thing is so, it's so weird because it's like a conundrum. So I work with a ton of people and, People that don't even live in Albany but live in the area. Um, everyone has an idea what they think that building should That's be. That's right. That's um, right. If you put out a poll, <laughs> uh, if you put something out in the public, like on Facebook, and be like, give me your best ideas, top 10 ideas, when, you know, a gift certificate for whatever it ends up becoming or whatever. <clears throat> um, I have my personal one because I work with a bunch of construction guys that build houses for a living. And so we're always trying to figure out, like, well, how would you utilize? I mean, it's like a game DOS. Like, how would you utilize? Well, would you get rid of the asbestos? We can go over it. Well, it doesn't have any windows. What do you do with something that doesn't have any windows? And we're like, well, paintball arena. I'm like, no one's going to spend a ton of money on a paint. No one even plays paintball anymore, so it doesn't matter. And so these are just ideas that popped around. Um, But I'm stuck on one. And tell me what your thoughts are on this, because I I can't get it out of my head. Because it's built the way it is, and I don't know how. I haven't seen the inside. But because there's no windows because it was a nice house. I was like, well, what business or what thing, what attraction has no windows other than art gallery? I think the art gallery one's a genius idea. And I was like, and what, what's something I want to see in Albany? And I kept thinking, I was like, what is not around here? And I was like, you know what doesn't need windows and that we haven't seen and we don't have is an aquarium. I would love, absolutely love an aquarium in Albany. Um, that, so aqua- how funny you say that an aquarium was... An early working idea of mine, actually, I I would say it's in my top three ideas, is an aquarium. Very cool. Yes, absolutely. I've been to a number of aquariums around the world, actually, but I've definitely been to the one in Boston and I've been to the Monterey Bay Aquarium. And um, because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm born and raised in the Albany area. I'm, I am pure Albany and people tend to hold it against me that I've traveled here and there throughout the world. 
Yeah. Um, like I'm less Albany because <laughs> I dared to live outside its borders. But oh I, um, you know, it's whatever. Like I said, there's yeah. an Albany resume component here. For but sure. I loved the so the Monterey Bay Aquarium is right on the bay, and obviously Boston is right on the harbor, so mm-hmm. they've got a unique positioning. Yeah, absolutely. we're right on the river, and I'm not saying we need to have a bunch of trout and catfish in our in our aquarium. I'd still go to it. I'd still go to it. I, I would still go to it too, but I I do think we could do we could do better, and I and think big in that way, yeah. because an aquarium again. It brings something back to the human beings. I don't mind blessing the world with our blessings, yeah. but it has to start here in the city of Albany. And I really do have a heart for children. And way downtown there, those are challenged areas where people live. Yeah. I would love to be able to um, get kids exposed to something that they would not otherwise have access to. And certainly um, a children's museum, climbable, whatever, but also um an aquarium would be another one that children would be able to mm-hmm. experience a part of life that they will yeah. probably they may not travel to anytime soon. Yeah, no, and that's and that's kind of what my thoughts were. I mean, I love the gallery idea, but coming from somebody who's opened up a gallery in Albany, um, it's that's an uphill climb, um, especially when you don't have the infrastructure around the city to to support it um and that's it, this it would be a monumental undertaking on literally every level yeah yeah and that's and i mean my gallery it was a, i don't even know if i'm allowed to call it a gallery it was so small but um but i enjoyed it and this was this was in 2000 it wasn't last year the year before whatever year that was 19 um and and in that this goes back to the, the idea of the swing of albany i remember when i when I was thinking about opening it up, um, I was paying attention to how the businesses and on Lark Street and how the business down on Pearl and in all these. And I know this is a little bit insider information for anyone listening, but um, the town has been in a slump. Uh, and it's been decreasing. But all of a sudden, I noticed that things started to look like they were changing. Like I was seeing businesses pop up and they weren't just popping up like uh, struggling, popping up like someone dumped money into like this one little you know restaurant on Lark. That's nothing's been going on, and I started seeing well, this building's being remodeled, so people are pouring money into the city, and that's when I was like, well, if there's going to be a prime time to do anything, because uh, there's this, there's this. I mean, tell me if you're if you've heard this before. There's kind of a, a folk tale or a myth that Albany goes in cycles every seven years. I think I read an article about someone who used to own the the on Lark Street. There was a like a gym teacher or not gym like gymnastics teacher or a dance studio and she's been there for like 30 years and she said every seven years it goes it cycles like it gets good and then it gets bad and it gets good and it gets bad and i was like well maybe this is a seven-year cycle um and then covid knocked it on its knees and it's not like albany already had a good footing um it was just now starting to take a good breath and then it got it got punched in the gut and i know kathy sheehan the mayor i know is I mean, if you had something as awesome as COVID to blame all your problems on, why wouldn't you? So it's smart for her. Um, Especially if it was you that messed up in the first place. Where, yeah. Of course. I mean, it's I mean, it's for her. COVID's pretty much just a, a whiteout pen um, that you can. Just yeah, <laughs> that's a good way to put it. That's it, been very <laughs> and, annoying as I'm campaigning because, yeah. you know, people can say whatever they want. You want to call it? You want to blame it all on COVID? Have at it. But I, I don't blame somebody for trying to distance themselves as fast as they can from the bad PR of their yeah. garbage leadership. And, However, yeah, I agree. what I worry about is people that buy it and people that believe it. I think to myself, I can see right through it. Yeah. I can, I've been here. I can see that it wasn't COVID. We were, we were dwindling down to nothing 
well before COVID. And mm-hmm. so when we've had to speak together, those are the kind of things I say. I push yeah. back all the time. I'm like, it's not COVID. I have, here's some statistics from five years ago. Here's the crime then. And you know that sort of thing, because I don't like lies. I cannot stand people who lie. It's just something about me personally. Nobody likes people being lied to, of course, but I actually really have like a, an allergic reaction to people who lie. Mm-hmm. I can't yeah, stand that. Yeah. I'm a very truthful person and I really value honesty. And so when I see somebody lying, I take umbrage. Mm-hmm. I immediately get my back up against the wall and I work hard to disprove that lie. Yeah. And so, um, you know, whatever, whatever you say about the seven year cycle, I don't know. I could tell you we're at the eighth year of Kathy Sheehan. Well, see, so gonna, there might be something to your math. <laughs> I was going to link that. Together. I mean, I read an article and it could have been just superstition. I've never heard looking. that. I, I've never heard that lore of, of, of it going in seven year cycles, but personally, I don't think so. And I'll tell you why. Okay. Um, Throughout my childhood, living in and operating around the city of Albany and being with my family and being, you know, just always out in Albany um, and then coming into my 20s, there was no there was no seven years where Albany was challenged. First of all, all major cities, all municipalities are challenged because you always have good people in the world. You always have bad people in the world. It it just is what it is. And um I asked actually the other day some illegal dirt bike riders that I know. I nice. said, um, hey, when I'm mayor, they said, we want a bike park. Yes. And they said, I said, let's dream together. Let's talk about where you get your off-road bike park. We were talking different ideas and things. And Kathy totally closed down to it. Alicia opened to the conversation. And so they were talking. And I said, let's dream. Tell me tell me what you see. So I said, if you, if you, um, if I get elected mayor um, and I give you a bike park, do you promise all the illegal bike riding will go away. And they said, if you get elected mayor, do you promise all the crime will go away? That's a good point. <laughs> I said, that's a, that's a smart, fair person. enough friend. Yeah. I <laughs> so, would you know, say there's it's... always going to be that problem. It's not exclusively Kathy Sheehan's fault, but she hasn't helped it. But I don't think to my recollection in the past. And I think if you asked the, the average person, that's my age, I'm, I'm almost 44, my age or above, I would say the seven-year thing is not realistic, but uh, let me jump in. Let me let me jump in because I was yeah. I had to think about that. I was like, you know what? That doesn't make any sense. And then, I, I, so when I first moved up here, I lived uh, near the governor's mansion, and then we moved up to the center square, and I started you know bartending on Lark Street, and it was a, it was about Lark Street itself because Lark Street is is its own animal inside. Of yes, Auburn. correct. And so I had to, I was like, well, that doesn't make sense. And I was like, oh no, it was exactly about Lark Street. Lark Street itself, because it's it's like I said, it, it has its own it's its own specimen with inside this. And so is Pearl. Like Pearl and Lark Street, they're they're their two own separate worlds um, that function inside one city. <coughs> and so that that's makes what sense. And they've lost their they've lost their original culture. And I'm not I'm not knocking any new culture that's come in. What I'm saying is Lark Street always had, for lack of a better word, a vibe. Mm-hmm. And so did yeah. Pearl Street. They they, they had this living vibe that they don't have anymore. Um, yeah, and I I have my thoughts on that as well. And I wasn't sure firsthand, so I helped I helped a, a buddy of mine. We we planned a church way back in the day um, here, and it's luckily enough survived. And then it ended up finding itself on Lark Street, um, and that was one of the places that I was banking for. I really wanted it to have a culture, and I ended up leaving, going back to Texas for some time. And eventually, they ended up there. So I was like, this is perfect. And so when we came back up here, moved back up, I was like, it's Lark Street. This is my home. Like I I worked on this street. I know everyone on the street. But when I came back, everyone has moved and the vibe was gone and no one even comes to First Fridays anymore. It's like a ghost town. And I was like, 
what's happening here? Like what happened? And that's when I, I thought of that, that thing again. And I was like, I wonder how this happens and what creates that. And then as I started seeing stuff in 2019 start to pop back up and I was like, Hey, maybe we haven't had an art. I had a buddy who had an art gallery. Actually, I had two buddies who had art galleries on Lark street at one point in time in that era. And I was like, there's not really any art. There's no culture anymore. Like something happened. I was like, I wonder, I wonder what that was. And so I had one of them on the podcast and he was like, yeah, they shut it down. I was like, really? And then this is after I opened up the gallery and I was like, hey, I got a gallery that was on Madison, but two blocks from Lark Street. And so I hit up the bid. I was like, hey, I'm, I'm adding something to your to your, your thing here. You know, you, you want to tell somebody about it? Like, you know, pump it up a little bit and crickets, crickets. And I was like, I, I, it's weird because it's not like I borrowed money or I, I asked. I just like I'm, I'm going to pour myself into helping this community. I, I didn't even live on Lark Street anymore. But I love the well, area now you're so hitting much. the insul- now you're hitting the underbelly of Albany, mm-hmm. which of Albany culture. And first of all, in all fairness, I think a lot of Albany is aging out, and that's the truth. There, there are people that are aging out and moving into the suburbs or or whatever, and that happens, you know, to every city when people it start does. to have families. That happened to downtown when Colony was was born and raised mm-hmm. out of Albany. My grandparents, lots of people went from way down by the river yeah. to like Midtown near Westgate Mall type of yeah, thing, and yeah. that was like the suburbs. But um, you know, not only is Albany aging, but one of the underbellies of Albany culture, I'll just fill you in, is Albany is very insular. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of people that are protective and territorial of what they've built or how they do things and what they've got. And you've probably already seen that in different areas, yeah. but it happens. Um, it happens in neighborhood associations. It happens in um, business improvement districts. It happens at leadership positions. I am in and around this constantly. Yeah. And I, I guess I would have to say Unless you're physically in it, you know, you're in an association or you live in a specific area or whatever, the average person doesn't really realize that a lot of people that are paying attention, actually, um, not everyone's disconnected. There are people paying attention. There are people in power and in control that have simply just been here a bajillion years. Yeah, I agree. And, and that's all. And so you, you come in with a fresh idea. Try running for mayor. You yeah. come in with a fresh idea and a fresh set of eyes. This isn't even about Kathy Sheehan. She's from Chicago and she's only yeah. been here however long. And she's only been the mayor eight years. I'm talking about <laughs> people who have been here 50 years in power and people who have, who are names and influences and they've ran for, they've run for 10 different offices in the city and held them. Or I'm talking about people that are comptrollers and city treasurers and neighborhood, you know, watch presidents. And these are the people that actually are uh, make the city run in in our a lot of power and so them plus the mayor whoever that mayor may be it really is its own culture and and if you're not from among this is i was talking earlier about the albany resume if you're if you don't carry a specific set of credentials in albany there will always be people who will resist you. It doesn't matter how good your idea is. It doesn't matter where you come from. They don't care. And so there is that component. I've, I definitely, if I had to put, that's a challenging lesson I had to learn. If I had to pick one of five, that would be one of them. If you, hold on, if you, so are you saying the people that are in charge of these things, you have to live up to their resume? So, because I don't think so. I think the people living, I think the the cultural living inside the city I think they think differently. When 
because it wasn't i mean even like i love the bits i love lark bit i love don the, the, they're great i love what they're doing but it always feels like they're trying to do something with their hands tied behind their back and that's i don't know that i'm not in it so i don't know exactly what's going on i don't it's just from the outside i'm looking at it going like there's something it almost just seems like they're constantly going up and uphill and and it seems like they have no upper hand and recently i mean I don't know who was in charge of this, but shutting down Hollywood because it had too many fights. Like I was just that was the Lark Street bid. Did they were the ones who did that? (laughs) Well, so you and I are seeing it. So I'm in this. I mean, I'm I'm outside. I'm I'm just here. I'm 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 actually in the woods. I'm I'm, well. I was going to say I'm in the woods, looking in towards the city, but I just messed your entire (laughs) analogy up. I'm in the city. Um, you know, let me just say this. First of all, there are amazing people in the city of Albany that are, their heart is for this city. Truly, um, truly there are. And, and so I'm not going to, I don't want to make a broad sweep here and, and knock the Lark Street bid, but I will say Cafe Hollywood, um, the, the people that brought the charges against Cafe Hollywood, one of them is on the common council. In, uh, it, it was the, the sixth ward common council who's actually retiring this year, but it was Richard Conti and and they they I've been at these meetings with them. They they don't want it there. Really? And no. And the charges that they have banded together to heap upon Cafe Hollywood. And I made noise about this. I held a press conference with the owner, with Colin Roast, and the the general manager, and the bartender, and the DJ. We held a we held a big press conference, and yeah. we we made a huge stink about it because. Um, what ha- the, the level of charges that they gave Cafe Hollywood were not only unjust, but they were intentionally overblown. So they, they buried them in, I think, about 45 different charges that were so complex. I read them. I read, I've, I've done all this legal legwork. I, they buried them. The charges were so complex. And they'll take so long to fight out in court that the, the business will be closed for a year before they oh, even wow. can get through all these charges. It really was a legal maneuver to control yeah. them. And word on the street, I'm gonna, I get a lot of word on the street from people. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do listen to the human being factor. I always do. Yeah. And I try to come up from underground. Kathy comes from over top. I try to come up from underneath with, with human beings. And um, the word on the street, okay, so I'm just going to throw some... Is this an unresearched exclusive? gossip okay. at you? Okay. Yes, so, this is um, a scoop. I love I don't gossip. know. Don't hold me yeah. to it. But okay. it is just pure. Albany loves its gossip, by the way. We love <laughs> to gossip about I'm, other people. I'm so outside of it. Um, so I'm, I'm an idiot. <laughs> like, I love I love everything about it. I'm completely wrong in all, all aspects. Yeah, no, you um, should love it. You should. You know, you shouldn't worry about these things. This should be this should be other people worrying about it. I, but... Well, I worry about it because Hollywood has one of the best patios. <laughs> I'm just oh, my goodness. Yes, <laughs> I've, yes it's gorgeous yeah. through there. Um, so word on the street is that the Lark Street bid and the Common Council leader, Richard Conti, who, and I don't mind naming his name, I was there. He he was part of burying them in charges. I stood there at the Board of Zoning mm-hmm. meeting. And so um, the word in the street is they've banded together to d- get this taken care of. Now, if you want to go deeper, the real word on the street, which I said at my press conference, was that this absolutely smacked of racism in a wealthy white area. Okay, so I was going to bring that up, but I was like, I'm too uninformed. Up. So, And I saw this. I saw this pop up with some people I know. Like, um, Because I'm, I'm not really inside the artist scene inside of, of Albany, but I, I am because I know so many of them. And a lot of them are artists slash activists. Um, where I don't fall in that category, but I have a lot of people I know that are. So 
uh, I always catch wind of stuff like this. And I think someone posted, is they shut it down, and prove me wrong, they shut it down because they didn't like, and I would say, I, I don't know, was there too many fights outside, and they claimed that was, that was the fights, so, quote unquote, is that what that yes, was? Yes, that's, that's the PR, that's, yeah. that's the PR statement, so I read all of the charges, and I read all, I foiled them. I actually had somebody else foil them because I thought Kathy wouldn't give them to me. So I had somebody else foil. I, I launched a levy of foil requests, um, as did Cafe Hollywood. But here's here's what you'll find. A couple things with Cafe Hollywood. And here's the real truth. The truth is that um, Kat, Colin Rose, the owner of Cafe Hollywood, has made enemies in the restaurant business. And by the way, let's not even go down that path of restaurant beef okay oh, no, those I people remember. beef I, I used to work through. for john Dijon, so i know all it's, about this look at that's a whole thing so, <laughs> i probably shouldn't have named him out um collins and some restaurant well, you can edit that part out later collins <laughs> sure, and some restaurant beef first of all though so they've got all those people down there have money and power that just is what it is yeah, yeah. and they've got restaurant beef with each other so he's made some enemies been there what 30 years um and whatever his reasons are he made enemies I, i'm not holding him up he's not jesus he probably made his enemies legitimately yeah um but Cafe Hollywood, what happened to them was during the during COVID, they shut down like everybody else. And mm -hmm. Colin Rose also owned um, the the pub and he had mm -hmm. so he had to, he lost one of them, which was swooped up by somebody he had beef with, actually. And um, yeah. So then anyway, what happened was when Cafe Hollywood regrouped like everybody did through COVID, he began to uh, he hired a, a black woman and they began to rethink their business strategy and their model. Mm -hmm. And one of the things she said is we can actually make more money by serving a totally different clientele. Yeah, pull, pull the, and this would the be urban group in. Yeah, a savvy. Yeah. A yeah. savvy business decision yeah. to say instead of, you know, white guys in rugby shirts drinking draft beer, let's attract a clientele that drinks Hennessy and cognac for $30 a shot and recover our, and, and by the way, uh, not secondary, but a secondary decision was attracting that type of crowd and putting hip hop on the jukebox is a high energy crowd. It is. Um, and it, it's underserved in Lark Street. It's underrepresented. A hip hop crowd, a black it's crowd. Extremely un un underrepresented. Um, in, in fact, I, mean, I, think it, I think it's zero represented yeah, actually on Lark Street if you want to get real. Anyone listening, and this is the post that I saw, people are still listening that don't know anything about Albany. Um, the irony of this is uh, this restaurant sits dead smack in the middle of Black Lives Matter painted on the street in front of it. It is ironic, actually. I mean, I mean it's an Alanis Morissette song. It's so freaking ironic um, that they would pull that. Uh, and I think someone, one of my friends, one of my artist friends posted that. I was like, I don't know how you can blindly look over the idea that they were, I mean, basically they shut it down because they were like, um, the black population on Lark Street is getting out of hand. Correct. And so, Gathering while black. That's what I called yeah, it. I so said it's not a crime to gather while black. Let's Kathy. shut this restaurant. And I was like, that's crazy. Yeah. And so I don't live in Center Square anymore, but I'm just like, this doesn't, this is unrecognizable from what I remember. Correct. It is. It is unrecognizable. And it's, you know what it has now? It has a strong pagan presence. And and I'm not saying anything about it one way or the other. I'm just saying there's a lot of um, uh, pagan witchcraft type festivals and it's got an alternative type of crowd vibe. 
Um, different Where is different that alternatives. At? How far am I that so far removed? Is that you know where the old Planned that... Parenthood? Um, I don't know what it is now. I can't think of it off the top mm. of my head, but it was Planned Parenthood back in the day. There was a building there, and there's a big parking lot. Yeah, there's a lot of festivals for New Moon and Twilight and and that kind of thing. Um, and so it's got this al- alternative crowd but and that then was always there i mean i'm a christian and i still was like that was always there these were part of the people in the community like I remember well it's that. definitely i, mean, I would stronger. i didn't go pagan i went hippie um, but that's just because i'm old school i guess um i always felt no like this definitely was, has more of a witchcraft to... type of vibe not not i would not call it like that you're talking okay. about this like bohemian vibe that it I used guess. to have i guess i I've... would not say that's what this is okay um and again right wrong or indifferent i'm just saying so it has this vibe it, it tracks a community of color um, and within what a several months of them doing that, and this is weirdly where you start, it doesn't pass the smell test. Within several months of them doing that, Cafe Hollywood, boom, they're shut down for charges. By the way, many of the charges and calls to police were for several reasons. One was um, police were being called during COVID when they were completely shut down. Police yeah. were being called after they were shut down for 30 days. And then, yes, people, it is true that people were looking and saying, hey, I'm over by Cafe Hollywood. Hey, I'm at Cafe Hollywood. And when I was at the zoning board, one of the things they talked about was what is the length of responsibility a nightclub that serves alcohol should have when people become unruly outside of their establishment? And Cafe Hollywood was saying, we've tracked every patron. None of them were in our establishment. Yeah. And so anyway, there's there, it's a tangled mess. But at the end of the day, here's here's what here's the, the bottom line truth that I, I fundamentally believe I fought for it. I've said it publicly and I'm going to take it to the bank. And it is that it's a racist move it, at, at its core in a wealthy white district. This was a racist move against too many dangerous, quote unquote, um, black people armed you know people have this natural i think it was trying not to appear racist while while being actually completely racist um and what kind of message does that send it's a, a to long roundabout racism um, yeah, yeah. It, well it's you know what it is it's subversive racism and it's performative social justice yeah, and like that's it. really been something that's been in albany it, that we were saying earlier I, I can't stand when people can't see i feel like i have to constantly tell do you see the truth yeah. that's one of it performative social justice is one of the worst. When Kathy Sheehan took office in 2014, her inaugural speech, she said her um, administration would be um, identified by a hallmark of her would be social justice and equity. And and whatever people want to think oh, about boy. social justice and equity, she's failed. Um, here we even are. If she was banking off. Oh, no, that this one. is it. This is social yeah. justice and equity. Yeah. This is what this is what we get. Where she she plays favorites, and that's really what equity is. Equity is playing favorites. And you know, people in Albany want to think that that Kathy picked them, yeah. but look at Cafe Hollywood. She actually did not. Yeah. She painted the sidewalk and shut down their nightclub. Yeah. And to me, that is the essence. That is the essence of corruption. Um, yeah, no, I totally agree. And I mean, I don't, I don't know Kathy very well, honestly. I, I, I really haven't paid much attention to any kind of politics. And that's one of the reasons why I was like, this would be great to have you on because, um, I'll, I'm starting to become more of a preacher of getting involved in local politics. Um, yes. and so it changes the world. And since, since I was like, well, I better practice what I preach. So maybe I'll, I'll start paying more attention. <laughs> um, but the thing with Kathy, and this is the thing I want to bring up with you is because Kathy, I don't know her, so I don't really, and honestly, I haven't paid once again, I haven't paid attention. Well, I don't know either. I'm not in her head. <clears throat> uh, I don't want to be, but still, uh, I, I see. I kind of wish I could be, but go ahead. Oh, no, you're, you're a <laughs> Um, there's no way I would want to get near that. Um, 
only because, and this is something, and this is going to sound, this is, if anything we've said hasn't been, I don't know, I guess it's not politically incorrect. Um, I'm going to say something because you're running as a Republican conservative candidate as a mayor inside of a highly demo Democrat city, highly Democrat. Yeah. Um, and so one of the things when it comes to, and I've seen, I remember, I mean, all through the BLM riots or, you know, BLM protests, because there was definitely some that I was standing by. And then some things got a little out of hand. And I'll, I'll say it first and foremost, um, that things got out of hand where I was like, man, I, I really hate watching my city burn. Um, but even throughout that and COVID, uh, I, and I, I wonder sometimes because I hear politics all the time, like Nancy Pelosi talks about AOC, you know. You could have you could have slapped a D on our district on a cup in her district and it would have won. And so I think about Kathy. I'm like, well, you're not fighting against anything. You kind of got ushered in automatically. And I think eight years later, people were being like, just because she had a D by her name was this really a smart move. And so I'm wondering if people are starting to pay attention. And that's why I'm kind of hoping. I mean, you you got an uphill battle. And and I even watched the debate you had the other night. Um, and I forgot the person. I, I watched some of it, but I forgot who you were debating. But there were there were Democrat running as well, and you could tell a staunch not anything. I think anybody who has the guts to stand up and and enter into this ring is commendable. But um, you come out with a with you just you got your you got your witch about you. You got your your guns sitting by your side. You're ready. You know the, the stats. You know the history. You know the programs. Your, your website is packed full. You're like, have, do you ever watch Parks and Rec? Yeah. Yeah, you're the Leslie Nope of Albany now. Like this is it's nuts. <laughs> like you got it seems like you got bonders for everything. I mean you're you're um you're was it trans I forgot, I wrote it down but now I can't find it. Um Operation Operation Transform. Yeah, that's a long um acronym. Uh no one does that. No one does that. It's always like four letters. Um acronym. I don't think I said that right. But you know what I'm saying. Like that's a that's a lot of words. And yeah, it's saying. a it's a comprehensive, well thought out plan <laughs> that I present as a solid candidate in the city of Albany. Absolutely. Yeah, and all I'm saying is it sounds like you've you've put the time in and the work because I have. you're not gonna just walk in with a D on your name and get elected. And that that's kind of what I'm getting around saying. And that's not politically incorrect, but it's true. Um, no, this city so leans these are the, the realities yeah. of running for office. This this is a reality. So here's let me give you a little thought. First of all, I'm not a Democrat, and I'm okay with that. I've accepted myself for not being a Democrat. Oh, well, good for you. Um, yeah, I I've, I've accepted myself as a person. I'm still a good person. I love my city. Um, here's the thing. Here's a couple different things that you're up against, no matter what. First of all, when you're a Democrat in a Democrat stronghold, which Albany has not had a Republican mayor for 100 years. Oh, really? <laughs> A hundred years. This is the hundred year anniversary of James Watts, awesome. the Republican that uh, won a hundred years ago, nineteen twenty one. So, when when I first stepped into this, I fully intended to run as a Republican because Republican, even though I I truly do believe, like many of my generation and younger, I don't fit into a political box. I don't. There gotcha. isn't. Republican is not a match for me. Conservative is not a match for me. Um, identify I identify as myself. But, you know, when you have to and I think for myself and a party doesn't represent my deepest thoughts. And so but people like to have their boxes and definitions. And so I chose Republican because it was the closest major match to what I might be if I were to run for office. I'm not going to run, you know, for Housewives of America. I'm running as a Republican and it is what it is. So well, let's move on. Yeah. But. In terms of a Democrat, in terms of running at a at an incumbent, a which is which is a challenge, but um, a Democrat incumbent, 
people have said to me, why didn't you just run as a Democrat? Or they've said to me, the next, you're going to lose. And when you win in four more years, um, just run as a Democrat. That's what they've said to me. Just run as a Democrat. And I just told you earlier, I hate liars. I cannot stand lying. And I would never do that because I have to be true to myself. So there's that. Um, and so my answer to that is, is this. Why am I not? Why would I not run as a Democrat? Um, first of all, I would not. I think it's a losing strategy. And we saw this in the primary. There, the yeah. city is oversaturated with Democrats. Yeah. And they're just going to off each other. And the person who was the incumbent is going to remain standing. And so there was, in my opinion, a failed strategy to to challenge an incumbent. If you're not a really solid candidate, I mean, Absolutely. you got to be Alicia Purdy with a D. That's it. You yeah. have to. You're going to have to have a solid plan. You have to have it thought out of. You have to have the resume, you know, whatever. And so that's not going to happen. And and even another known name in the last election ran against Kathy. And I have it on good authority that she torpedoed his candidacy in the primary. Hardcore. She buried him. Mm-hmm. And he was a known. And so was Frank Camisso. I mean, you can just go look it up. Frank Camisso Jr. She eviscerated him. And that's what happens. And so. My thought, my thought was, and this is the kind of person I'll give you a little insight into my character. I thought, I think the winning strategy here is to come from the completely opposite direction and draw such a stark contrast between her and myself that yeah. people are forced to look at me just because I'm so different. Yeah, I'm no, night and good. day from Kathy Sheehan. There's we have no similarities. At all. Yeah. Yeah. Thank God. Um, man, I really, I sound really bitter about Kathy. Honestly, I'm just, I'm bitter. Well, that, if you love your city, don't yeah, be bitter. Just kind of get people to vote. And that's it. Yeah. Then and, and kind of getting people out there to vote. Um, I, I'm, You'd be I, shocked at how much apathy there is. You might be shocked. Maybe you wouldn't. No, no, I, I don't know. I mean, I spent, I spent the majority of my adulthood um, apathetic. So uh, I, it okay. doesn't, it doesn't shock me whatsoever. I just, um, if I'm an idiot, so if it takes me, you know, extra long time to wake up and pay attention to what's going on to something that I care about, then, um, hopefully I'm the last one in line. Everyone else has already gotten there. Uh, that's how I it's, assume it. It surprised me. I'll be honest. I grew up in a, in a household that's politically engaged, um, because we're, we're pro-military. My, my brother, my younger brother, I only have one brother, but anyway, he's younger. Um, he's a Navy SEAL. Oh, rad. Okay. Yes. And so I got to get your husband on the podcast and your brother. Yeah, my, my husband and my brother. My brother is a U.S. Navy SEAL. He was just on a podcast today, actually. Oh, cool. Um, he and he runs a very large, um, very prominent nonprofit for war veterans. And um, he we grew up. We were these kids growing up in this little town of Greenville, right? Right outside of Albany. And. My mother had us at the town gazebo at every military holiday, Fourth and Fourth of July, mm-hmm. at Veterans Day, Memorial Day, freaking President's Day, Columbus's birthday, whatever. We had to sing patriotic songs. Oh wow! To yeah. the town, <laughs> and so I know them all. I know every branch of the military's songs, uh, uh, over hill, over dale. I know all of them. Yeah. And because my mother, because my grandfather served, and we come from a military family, and so. Um, I grew up with a really strong sense of civic duty and I, I love history. Like I said, law, political science. So, it, so it's a natural fit for me, but one of the most shocking things in those, that top five things, lessons that I've learned is people want to rant and rave 
all day about what they read on CNN or Fox News. Meanwhile, they're getting shot in the face on Sheridan Avenue, you know, and and they don't seem to understand that all that white noise at the top does nothing for your everyday livability. And meanwhile, the the corrupt powers that be and I mean, the corruption, I've had some dark days, not going to lie. I've had some dark days where the 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 depth of the corruption in the leadership in Albany has blown me back and knocked me out for the count for a little bit where Mm -hmm. I've had to say, Oh my gosh, I had no, it really, there's that darkness, that gray darkness has encroached on me a few times when I've learned something that just staggered me back. And, um, yeah, we, um, just a heads up. I mean, even as a common person, although I'm wondering how informed I was because, you know, of, of working inside of a church and, and watching my friends have a church in the city of Albany was its own struggle. Um, it's uh, there's, that's a whole different conversation. Absolutely. Yeah, and we kept, yes. in half the time we kept sitting around the table like, why do they not want us? Like, we're nothing but a benefit. This is the dumbest thing ever. And then I, after working in the restaurant business um, around Lark Street, I, I just started picking up everyone kind of knew, like, we're not, I know it looks like we're idiots, we're plebes, you know, we're the peasants outside the Capitol, but we all know it's corrupt. Like, we all say, I mean, I hate to say this, I'm not even a Republican, I'm a libertarian, probably because of how corrupt Albany is. Um, uh, I think it just pushed me to the other, uh, the utmost end. Um, but yeah, well, in Albany, I don't, what you happened know. is it's pushed people to not care. They've become so exhausted and uh, that, overwhelmed. That's it. I think they're, they yeah, don't I think care anymore. I think they're burned down. I think Albany. They're punch drunk. They're, they've just been beaten so many times exactly. they can't even stand up anymore. Exactly. And yeah. I, I spent all summer, and I spent the last nine months, I kid you not, the last nine months pursuing people in the city of Albany that are asleep. And trying mm-hmm. to shake them awake and say, you have to wake up. Even if it's for just this one minute and you vote, you have to wake up. You need to show up. Yeah. I do this all the time because what they don't realize, they want to talk about Donald Trump and Joe Biden. What they don't understand is the level of money and power that's held in Albany, New York. And But you know what? You know why Kathy Sheehan is only now bothering to care about anybody? She's like paving a couple roads, whatever she's doing. <laughs> look, because look. this is her last ditch effort. That's it. She's right. Well, it always is. She just yeah. gave an illegal an illegal donation or a raise to all of DGS. I support raises for DGS. Hard stop. But legal ones? she did it in an election. Yeah, she did it illegally. Yeah. And she could have she would have or could have given them more had she not scrambled to purchase to try to purchase their votes before the election. It's a big tactic. The corruption is, is unbelievable. But. Um, and then I see it all. But you know what? I'm going to waste my time telling people about it. No, they don't care. They just want to survive. And so they just want the crime to go away and they want a city they can be proud of. They don't they don't care or understand how big of a deal it is that Kathy Sheehan declared a state of emergency in order to shut down a small business, which was Cafe Hollywood. Yeah. That's a huge deal because you know what? Vaccine passports are on their way. I'm telling you right now, yeah. take it to God. It is vaccine passports are coming under Kathy Sheehan. And so these are, she's willing to skirt the law to get accomplished what she sees fit. And and that's a big deal. But people in general, the apathy with the voters, I was warned that people were apathetic. Um, what I would love to transfer to somebody is the abiding understanding that and no one can ever take it from them and they carry it with them forever of the importance that local politics mm-hmm. plays. You, No one pays attention to the freaking school board, but they should. And no one pays attention to yeah. who's running for town council. I'm telling you, these are the people that ruin your lives. It's yeah. them. Yeah. There's little teeny power mongers ruin your life. I and think, while you're squabbling yeah. about the national headlines, you're getting shot in the face downtown. 
I think I think here's here's the thing I would I would say that's to your benefit, <clears throat> and I've had these conversations a lot, especially one recently. I've never been involved in politics. I've always been, you know, involved in ministry of church, or at least my interests, the things that I loved about was um, theology and apologetics. So I would study all kinds of, I'm just regurgitating. Every other listener has probably heard the story a million times, but I would study other religions because I just wanted to know more because these are people I want to talk to. I want to have conversations, so I need to understand it. And I didn't start getting into politics when I started realizing it's the new religion. Um, it's It has all I the templates to the new religion. And so here's what I would say. Here's what I would say that's to your benefit right now. Um, and I'll, I'll be honest, until COVID, I didn't know how much authority and power the local government has. Um, and then I was listening to someone recently, like, no one understood what the government authority was until they, I mean, especially now, until they fired nurses for not being vaccinated and pulling the National Guard. And so you're going, well, I didn't know the governor can do that. Or, you know, Newsom doing the same thing. Correct. Like, all these governors, all the mayors of cities and school boards pulling cards and people are going, hold on, you can do that? And they're like, yeah, executive mandate. Yes, you can. And executive like, order and state of emergency. Exactly. Yes, you and, can. And we've never seen anything like this local. We've only seen it federal. Nothing like this local. And then all of a sudden, the past two years, people are going, oh my God, my local government matters. It matters to my kids. It matters to them whether or not they're wearing masks in schools or matters to my sister who just got fired from her job because, I mean, if, hold on a second. Just a heads up to anyone listening. I understand like the vaccine, like it's good, you know, do make, make risk assessments and do what you want to do with the vaccine. But if there's a large swath of people that work in the medical industry that don't want it, like, hold on, like they, they have PhDs. They can't be that dumb, you know, like, hold on a second. And so it's stuff like that where I think people are starting to go, hold something's not right here. And I, I think they're just now starting to realize how much power and how much authority these local governments, and I think people are waking up to that. So to your benefit... You know, the black community in the city of Albany, go ahead, finish your sentence. Oh, first. no, that, just to your benefit, I think, had you had you ran for mayor four years ago, not so much, but you're, you're in better Right, you're in better like I said, if not now, when? Yeah, That's I, really what my husband said to me, if not, now when? And you know, the black yeah. community in the city of Albany and the black community in general are vaccine hesitant, as the government would call them, vaccine yeah, hesitant, for, for many reasons. Oh my goodness, we could go all day about that, but you know, syphilis experiments and just all these terrible things that, that people have done to the black community. But my, and, and what I try to tell them is this, you have to vote because a lot of them say, well, we don't vote. What's the point? Or they'll vote classically Democrat. They're going to vote along a party line yeah. just because they always have. Yeah. But the problem is if, if Kathy Sheehan, and I, I fundamentally believe, and I have called her out, I've demanded answers. None are coming. Of course, it's just rhetoric, but I fundamentally believe vaccine passports are coming to the city of Albany. And I have tried, so help me God, to cry out about this. Um, and it's going to affect the black community yet again. Performative social justice. Black by lives matter on the sidewalk. By the they can't get percentage. into anything in the city. They can't buy groceries. They can't go to a gym. They can't go to a movie. They can't go to a restaurant. They, they probably can't even go to school now. They have to get virtual education, which is garbage. My, my children have had to be stuck with it a few times. And I try to tell them all the time and, and that I, and I get accused of racism a lot for even daring to care about the black community. Oh, how dare you? All the, no, for real, all the time. <laughs> yeah. But, but no, Kathy, the thing is, Kathy Sheehan, um, with the performative social justice – People are happy to have the sidewalk and fine. They can have their sidewalk, but I'm saying there's so much more. You want a mayor who's going to say, you want to make a healthcare decision for yourself? Go make one. God bless America. 
However, if you don't want to make, if you, you make a different healthcare decision for yourself, God bless America. I support your ability to make a health decision for yourself. And in Albany, there's, there is soon going to come. Kathy Sheen and Kathy Hochul are thick as thieves. Yeah. And I, I'm confident of I'm, that. I'm and starting I've to not like Kathy's in general. I don't know why. Um, yeah, Kathy's are the new Karen. <laughs> We're going to call them Kathy's now. Yeah. I mean, I, I sent a clip of, of Kathy Hochul. I don't know if she was talking at a church, but I sent to a group of pastor friends of mine, and they were like, oh, God. Oh God. It was she the slapped worst my thing hand in public. I tried to shake her hand, and she slapped mm, that's me. That's fair enough. You know what? <laughs> Kathy Hochul, not Kathy Sheehan. Kathy Sheehan had her office goons shove me in, on Lark Street. Yeah, I don't. But here's the thing. Kathy okay. Hochul wouldn't even bite, take the bait. She wouldn't even shake my hand. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I, I've got. I got thoughts. I try not to talk bad about people, but well, now let's it's just starting be classy, to be classy, everybody. Yeah, keep it. Keep it classy, San Diego. Um, so uh, here's one thing I will say, and I think. I think. So I. I've I've always lived in in lower income areas most of the, most of my life, especially because I I love the idea of being inside the city and you run into that and working in ministry you're surrounded by um, a very diverse group of people and and I've started to pick up on the idea and I, this is what worries me about when you said that they you know they don't vote locally and if they do they vote for the Democrats and it makes me nervous because but I also understand the idea because if if you go to anyone any of my neighbors around town they're you know that are black i mean not any of them actually a few of them are paying attention closely uh that i know those but that's people i know but i would guarantee you go to them and be like hey uh who are you voting for and they're gonna say they're not voting because no one's to them i, I would assume this, they've been screwed over so many times by everyone Correct. so what's the point what's i hear this point? all the time and so i, I do I, mean, ask. I think that i'm a white guy and i'm suspicious of the government um and and do you know what I'm saying? So why, if I I would be in the same boat, I'd be like every time I voted for anybody, they say the things and they lie. So what makes uh, one politician different? I hear from the this other every one? day. That is what they're yeah. saying. I, yeah, okay. I talk to my neighbors and friends all the time that are black, and this is what they're saying. And there are times, sometimes the the answers will range from we have a mayor, to <laughs> yeah. we we know about the mayor. We actually don't like her. We've met her. We've seen her, but we don't vote which is that's the battleground right yeah. there. Sometimes they think I am the mayor and they yell at me for things Kathy did. Um, and I, so, sometimes they'll say these weird non sequiturs and I'm, I, I say to them, wait, wait, stop, 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 stop. Not going to lie. You when know I invited I'm not you, Kathy Sheehan, right? I'm not going to lie. When I invited you on the podcast, I thought you were Kathy Sheehan. So um, you just snuck in. No, I'm just joking. I'm just yeah, I'm telling you what, it does happen. I tell them you have oh. white lady face blindness. I'm going to be honest. We, a lot of white people do look a lot, all the same. Uh, let's, let's be true. They do. Um, especially when you get to, you have short red hair lady. Yeah. And well, I'm showing up like, hey, I'm the mayor. They're had, like, wait, what? I had a buddy of mine send me a picture. He's like, dude, do you work at Home Depot? I was like, no. And he sent me a picture. It's just another, I mean, I could, I couldn't count the amount of bearded man bun um, white dudes in Albany. There's so many of us. It's almost like someone's cloning us and just spreading us out throughout the city. Yeah, it's, it's not even fair to other people. It's yeah, not. I, I understand like, that. Yeah. That's how it is with like middle-aged white ladies as well. We all cut our hair. We've had a bunch of kids. We're mm-hmm. getting tired, and we cut our hair. Yeah, there's a and, um, there's some kind of there's some kind of hipster factory is pumping out bearded man bun. I guys do have my nose pierced. I have a neck tattoo. Soon. I mean, I don't look like Kathy. In fact, I've I thought early on my neck tattoo would come up um, in front of the kind of stodgy older set. Um, and it has not, but what did come up from the Republican Party actually was my nose ring. I do wear a nose ring, and I take it out if I need to be somewhere fancy. Mm-hmm. But um, it was the I thought people were going to judge me actually because I have a te- tattoo on my neck that I can't get rid of, 
And it's whatever. I might make a different decision today about that neck tattoo, but it's there. It's part of me. No, ride um, with it. Ride with it. The, yeah, and saying. the nose ring. But you know what? First of all, neither of them come up, actually, almost never. They're the usually in a positive light. The city's in disrepair. And Republicans the thing, don't like it. <laughs> the city's falling to the ground. The last thing would be like, we need some help. Oh, nose ring? Get out of here. You know, I mean, oh, there are is, people I who don't do know. that. I get sure, this all, there are. Yes, there are. I have to tell you, there are some people that are like, who do you think you are? All right, well, look, you just you, say me, how old are you? You can't that fix happens stupid. all the time. You just can't fix stupid. You can't. <laughs> this is the older Albany set, not the younger. Look no, at anybody that's under under 45 has, has really generally been great. It's truly, when I said Albany was aging out, um, these, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. These, these, the, the group of people that have money, they're a little more, there's more stable in their lives. They've been here many, many, many years. And they're used to this. That's the other thing. They're used to things running a certain way. So they just like it. Yeah, and I, I represent, I don't know what, I think it's positive movement and change in the right direction. Um, they just don't like change at all. And I hate the word change. I only use transform. I do not use the word change. They mean two totally different things. And um, they don't, there's, I got an angry, very hateful letter just this morning. Hateful from a woman. Oh, that was from me, who, actually. I'm joking. Yeah, her I'm name sorry, was Karen. No, I'm just kidding. Her Kathy, name is Kathy. Karen's a new Kathy. Kathy Hehan. You got a letter from she, Kathy Hehan. <laughs> she wrote me a letter and asked me some genuine Thoughts that I thought were genuine questions, but they were Albany resume questions. So immediately mm -hmm. I can judge her age. She's over 60. Yeah. She wants to know if I graduated from Albany High, she's over 60. Um, or And she asked me a bunch of other things. So I took the time and I had a little bit of time that night and I thought, you know, I'll take the time and ask her some questions. And I wrote, I answered her very politely and um, said, if you'd like to learn more, it's on my website. So she wrote back, I mean, just a hateful diatribe. And I thought, okay, now she's probably over 70. Yeah. Because um, wow. I've got beef with people over 70 in Albany because of the water department. We're not, I have some beef with the water department. And um, all these women that collect around and their wives of the commissioners, it's been a whole thing. And so I was shocked at the letter, at how hateful the letter became, but I immediately could tell who, I could tell her demographic yeah. by what she was asking. Mm -hmm. And it's, a, it's two different worlds here in Albany. That's the other thing. It's kind of, the everyday man, the common person like you and me. And then there is that old, crusty, set in their ways set of people that actually are the ones who run everything. Yeah. If you see young black people or people of color or or even transgender people or any kind of younger people, they're not actually running it. No. They're like no, the performative sure pawns and they don't know. And that really sticks in my craw. Uh, it, it does. It, I, I, yeah. I mean, not to just go on another rant of how, how, how this this social justice concepts being used by the wrong people the fact that it's being used at all is is irritating but um yeah i just i think about that a lot like it's i have a wide yeah, swath I mean, of people have, supporting that, this campaign wide i mean yeah. it. i have I, I every every type of person i think and I, I love it i think i think here's the thing i think you're pulling the people who are going to plan on being here for a while i mean i hate to say that by kathy 70 year old kathy um, who wrote you that that awful email? But at the same oh, time, Teresa, yes, she just want things to change because things yeah. are things yeah. are great. We're in in her brownstone. Um, everybody else, right, exactly <laughs> that, or in the upper eighth ward off Whitehall Road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, but, exactly. But everybody else is going. Hold on, can somebody put this fire out? And I think I think you're 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 in good hands. Um, 
I, I mean, I personally, I think you're you're in an uphill battle for sure. But if you, if if anybody's paying attention, if any Jesus, if anybody's in the city is paying attention, um, they're gonna at least have to think about this long and hard. Um, not the same. I, hope I mean, that's that, true. anybody listening to this podcast is like, oh my god, is Albany literally on fire? I mean, I'm definitely saying figuratively. But for someone who has seen it, at, it was at a literally great stage, last year. Well, yeah, it was literally last year. Um, but but even if I remember this place a few years ago, and that was one of the reasons why. One of the reasons why I opened up a gallery a few years ago in Albany wasn't just because I was like, it's on the upswing. But I got freaking tired of hearing artists being like, I'm an, like, Albany has a ton of phenomenal artists. And I yes. love that idea. But as time went along, there was less places to show other than the fair or that there was no in-house place. There's no gallery. There's no celebration of the arts anymore. It was just, here's a bar, here's a restaurant, here's a bar, here's a restaurant. Um, and that's what kept the city alive was that part, people coming in. But I was like, what if we had more attraction other than just the museum, which I love the museum. Um, and then I do too, the but when's the, did you grow up? Oh, you didn't grow up climbing on the Indian exhibit. Mm-mm. If you're from Albany, you grew up climbing all over the Indian exhibit because you used to be able to go in it and climb all over it. The kind of the longhouse. The longhouse, yeah, actually. I'm, the Algonquin longhouse, yeah, yes. Like if you three grew years up in Albany, ago. You grew up climbing on it. For my 30th mm-hmm. birthday, you could actually, I climbed on it. Um, <laughs> well, you could climbing. go in it. Now they've all glassed off. But when we were kids, Wait, you could no, go in these It's things. glassed off now? I used to go into it like two years ago. You I can go into, into it, it, but you know where they have the actual fire and the, oh, the yeah, people yeah, sitting? Yeah, that, none of that was glassed when yeah. I was a kid. Well, you and, ruined it. You and your friends ruined it for everybody else. Yeah, I was touching it all, and the, yeah. my flash photography was fading their facial paint. I know. Mm-hmm. And this is, you know, this is an Albany. Like I said, we all we all remember this kind of Albany as, as kids. And um, people just want something. You know what? People want something to be proud of. They, they want, want something they can boast about. And exactly. we love Albany. Exactly. We truly do. What is it? I don't know. The other day I put on my social media this whole little little rant, and I said, we look at Albany, even though we see the filth and the blight, and we're all angry and mad, and we, the crime, the mismanagement, the, Kathy Sheehan and her, she is surrounded by white people. How does nobody ever see that? But anyway, but, <laughs> but at the same time, I said, what is this that keeps us, our hearts anchored here? And I said, finally, I said, how would I describe it to somebody? And in this post, I said, I don't know. It's an Albany thing. Yeah. So I, I'm like, this is my new quote now. It it's an Albany yeah, thing. Yeah. Yeah. I you, can't describe you're it. Wrong. You're not wrong. And I think of the same thing because I, even in the art community, I got tired of people from the city coming to Hudson and then they would drive. Yeah, it's a great city too. They, they yeah. would, but the problem is then they would, they come to Hudson because it's an art community and then they would drive right past Albany to Saratoga to buy Correct. more art. And then on their way back to the city, they'd drive past albany again and then stop at hudson one more time to buy that painting and then uh, just used to piss me off (laughs) it's almost like if we could just get them to stop one stop then then the city that would just be another cog in in helping the city become something better Um, and they are there i will say so there is a i called it earlier i referred to as a remnant there are there is a remnant of people in albany probably probably like you mm-hmm. that there are there's there are little micro i've been to art gallery openings in albany yeah. i've been to these little restaurants there are pop-ups there are startups there are but here's the thing when i worked as an investment journalist and i was working on private equity and venture capitalism um i i worked constantly with very big names and i learned a ton at that job i was there for six years i was the managing editor of the of the company and you know, one of the things I learned to do is is to start to identify a bad investment. Yeah. And that was one of the first things or an investment that's worth the risk. And what I want to see in the city of Albany 
is, especially when we have a new mayor, is that Albany becomes an investment worth the risk. Because yeah. it really, I mean, maybe it takes some time, but there are people whose heart, whose genuine heart, they do it because of their heart is in the work. I see it with working with kids in challenged neighborhoods. I see it with poverty. I mean, there are groups here that maybe were very, very different in ideology, but they have a heart for poverty, yeah. for people who are starving. And they, whatever, sure. they put up a pop-up refrigerator around town. Yeah. Whatever that is, and so, the, you know what compels them? It's not the city of, uh, city of Albany paycheck. It's their heart. And this city is absolutely filled to the brim with people whose heart is in the work, but they're in very small numbers and they're lacking in resources. And the truth of the matter is restaurants and most small businesses fail within the first five years, which makes mm -hmm. them a risky investment yeah. from an investment standpoint. And what I would love to see is if somebody has a refrigerator, you know, food feeding business for food deserts or whatever that might be, I want to see them not only thrive because the end game is Albany, I want to see them thrive as human beings and individuals because when their heart, you cannot buy that. When someone's heart is in the work, that's what compels them forward. It's not a paycheck. It's not the hard times make them quit. They, yeah. they shoulder through the storm because they have a larger perspective of what they want to accomplish and their hearts in it. And so yeah. Albany does have that. And I hope that the day comes, you know, after this election and I'm going to be the mayor I, my plan is my, one of my first orders of business is I've met so many amazing people on this whole journey is to call these people in now and say, okay, person with the fridges, it's time now yeah. we're going to expand the work. Your heart's already in it. Why do I need to take it over and make it a city of Albany fridge? You can have it. Yeah, you can call yeah. whatever you want and do what you want. Let's just make sure, you know, you're compliant with the food laws, whatever that those few things are. I don't want to bury somebody and destroy their dream because I need to put my brand on it, my name, the city of Albany. I don't need the legacy. That's what Kathy's building for herself. That's what the Sky Bridge is about. It's a legacy icon. This is about people for me, and they are there. So just to encourage you, the people whose heart, the artists, the stand-up dry bar comedians, the the little microbreweries, the, the people who are doing these little things, they're gathering people together, they're putting up tents, they are there. Yeah. We've sure. just got to have somebody who can cry out that that rallying cry now and say, okay, let's vote. Let's vote Kathy out. She, that's it. There's no other way to get rid of it. You can't impeach her. There's, there's no laws in the books. I've done my research. It's literally voting. Either vote. You can't stay home either. If you stay home, you voted for Kathy. That's just statistically yeah. true. So people have got to show up. they got to vote. they got to get their friends to vote. They have to say, hey, today we're going to vote, and then we're going to go get a beer. Hey, yeah. today we're going to go vote, and we'll go out to eat. Whatever that is. Oh, for sure. But yeah. – um, that day, the day after November, when I stand up there, one of the things I, I see myself saying is, okay, we said, I told you I would come back for you, yeah. and I'm here. Yeah, very cool. I'm, I'm looking forward to it, and I'm looking forward to that phone call where you call me in and be like, Dave. Yes, no. I said I would come back. I tell everybody <laughs> I'm going to come back. I tell everybody that I am coming back for you. Yeah, you give me a call and be like, all right, let's talk about this aquarium. Okay, um, <laughs> David, I'm coming back for you. We need an aquarium in the city yeah, of Albany. No, please don't put and me in charge of that. And I want the outside painted like a mural. There you go. Um, don't, don't put me in charge of anything like that. That'd be awful. Um, <laughs> trout. Trout and salmon. That's all you're getting. Um, absolutely wonderful conversation with you. I know it was definitely a lot of inside baseball. Um, but I, sometimes no, I'm glad. I need that. I'm glad I it was that. great. Um, I think I got a good idea who you are. I think this was long enough and free-formed enough 
And that's one of the things I, I listen to political commentators all the time, especially when they interview political people. And it's one question enough, a lot of time to answer. Now on to the next one. And I just, I absolutely despise the way of interviewing. And so I'm glad you, you kept up and you, you, uh, you played along with me on this one. Cause I really enjoyed just having that conversation. Um, like I said, I loved hearing your heart. It definitely came out in this, in this, this entire time. I think Good. this is probably the most in-depth I've done to be perfectly honest with you. No one has bothered to ever talk to me at all about who I am as a person mm. um, and nobody because nobody takes me seriously as a candidate, which I have to tell you, I'm actually secretly okay with because I told you I'm trying to come up from underground. Yeah, no, that's fair. And it's that's why I'm trying to come like a volcano. It's, yeah. I'm, I'm being subversive and strategic. But yeah. that being said, I want to be seen as a, seen as a non-threat to the powers that be. I don't want them focusing on mm -hmm. me, actually, yeah, <laughs> while no, I'm out here fair. campaigning on the ground in the dirt. But um, yeah, when you play the, poker, the, you don't you want a poker face. You don't want to show your cards at the table. Correct. So. That's exactly. It. I don't mm -hmm. want to show my. But I, the downfall has been, um, people have a lot of questions about about me. They don't know me in person, and and when I walk in, I'm very tall. Um, I'm always in heels on okay. purpose. It's just a psychological it's a power thing. Move. But that, yeah. Yeah, I'm six move. feet tall. I put on my heels. I'm six feet tall. Nice. I'm a big person, and so I walk in like Bob. How you doing? Like I just I mm -hmm. have to pull in the room constantly, and so people don't get to see who I am. And so I'm ha I was happy to have this kind of rambling, cool, cool, you know, evolutionary conversation because, um, I can't wait for people to listen to it and, and kind of hear other things other than Kathy bad, you know, Albany great, um, and ideas, political, political, political. Yeah. So. Well, the thing is most people have a short attention span for the most part. It's, it, I think personally, I think that's what they want because they're busy and they're like, well, I just need to know what she stands for. But even then, you don't know exactly. I mean, I don't know many people who are like whoever I vote for, whatever they're gonna. I don't know them. I just know their policy, which they're lying about anyway. And so this yeah, kind of a free form. Yeah, that, it, I get that all the time. Yeah, you know, so you're the first people. person to ever, ever compliment my website. Oh, okay. Well, I get I, slammed on it constantly. They're <laughs> like, "Where's your policies?" I'm like, "They're literally there." Yeah, I don't know. You know about the actual mayor? Yeah, I don't have policies. I have plans and ideas. Okay. Well, <laughs> just a heads up: if you go to my website, you'll be like, "Oh, that's why he complimented mine because mine, <laughs> mine's so much worse." Um, so, it's nobody exists. So nobody. I was shocked when you said. I thought. In nine months of doing this, by the way, I built that website from zero myself. I've done a hundred percent of all my own work. I didn't outsource it. Nothing. All the nice. videos, Very everything cool. you see, start to finish, pillar Jeez. to post, it's all mine. God, that's a lot and of work. So I'm just getting tired thinking about like, oh God, I don't want to do that. It is a lot that. of work. I actually yeah. cried a couple of times. I was like, okay, Lord, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. But um, anyway, so just this, I couldn't believe when you said that. I thought, oh. No one's ever said anything nice about my website. Well, you're welcome. Like I said, it's not much of a compliment coming from me, um, but you should accept I it. Can't anyway. believe, I'm happy you bothered to say it. Yeah. Literally, all I get well, is criticism. I tell you what, if anybody wants to see what I'm talking about, why don't you tell them where to go find your website <laughs> so they can judge it just as much as I did. Okay. Um, all right. So my website actually is transform. It's so www.transformalbany.com. And it's going to redirect you to Alicia Purdy for mayor.com, but it's easier to remember. Mm -hmm. So transform, there's the plan, transformalbany.com. If there are questions, it really, I'm, I answer all my own emails. I did all of this myself, be, not because I don't have help. I yeah. did it myself because it's important 
that my voice is heard. I didn't want somebody else even typing it. I didn't want someone else speaking for me. So I designed every, the colors are my own. It's purple because it's a combination of red and blue. I did everything myself for, there are a few things I have done exclusively myself because they really represented me and it was important that I came through in it. And so the website's one of them. So it's all there. Transform albany.com. I write all my own press releases. I do all my own videos because I want my heart to come through. This is not a package. It's not some office goober doing this. This is me putting my heart out there and hopefully the people of Albany will you know, pick that up and um, see that no matter what my flaws are as a human being or what we fundamentally disagree with, that's a minutia. The fact is we can all agree that Albany needs transformation and this is it. I'm the choice. I love it. I love it. I also like the idea that you put that out there because you're an artist and every artist knows that uh, you, you don't. My you colors don't, are all intentional. It's yes. All, it's all, I'm a creative everything in my there. thinking. And you, if, if, if you're not putting yourself inside your art, what's the point of doing it? Um, which is, I mean, that's just a. Our life is art as far as I'm concerned. And uh, my website is the only thing that is not artistic. Uh, I'm playing. It's a. It's not that bad. I rag on myself. I'm, I'm a little self-deprecating. Um, but yeah, it's a. I, I I love that. Is there any place else you have? You know, any, follow you on Twitter or follow Instagram. Yeah, social, I, so like I that? have. I tried to keep everything pretty consistent. So my Facebook page is Alicia Purdy for. It's the number four. So Alicia Purdy for mayor okay. on Facebook. Alicia Purdy for mayor on. Instagram and Alicia Purdy for mayor on TikTok. I do nice not TikTok. do Twitter. I think I, I just have my own opinions on Twitter. I can't stand it. <clears throat> I hate cesspool. the whole thing. Um, it's it's yeah. a cesspool. Keyboard so justice warriors. I it, armchair coaches. I cannot do it. And so yeah. <laughs> I'm not even a little bit interested. It, uh, not even a little. So those are the those are the places where people can connect and follow. Um, I'm pretty active on those as well. TikTok is, has has definitely more of the personality vibe. I'm a boxer. I do oh, I right. do boxing, and so some there's like some boxing videos on there and stuff. So you Very can go cool. take a look at the other side of me. That's awesome. I'll fight for Albany. That's there you what I'm go. Saying. See, you could have ran with that one. No, I like I like where you're at. I like where you're at. Um, you know, if if you need to fight for Albany. I guess you. I guess that wouldn't be bad. I'm sorry. Now I'm judging your catchphrase. I'm throwing metaphorical punches constantly. This is look. At, I'm willing to fight. That's the other thing is, you have to understand in politics. Um, I will say it is a very filthy business, and that is that is true. It yeah. is very filthy, and you can't just have somebody who wants to be friends. You do actually need a fighter. And I have realized early on, I tried, I thought people would capture the vision of operation transform and be really happy. Like, like Superman swooping down to pull you off the tracks. Well, that was not the case. People had questions and they were not nice questions. And I realized with the corruption and all these things that we discussed, I realized, okay, so I actually do have a killer instinct. And there's a reason my brother's a Navy SEAL and I'm running for mayor in a Democrat stronghold as a Republican. Yeah. We actually yeah. do have a killer instinct inside of us. But um, I realized it was OK. It's OK if you're fighting for the right thing. There are certain things that are worth um, mm-hmm. every t- kind of fight that you bring to the field. No, and that's totally what I'm doing. Agree. I totally agree. I absolutely agree with you. And uh, you got mine. Um, you got my vote. Yeah, right on. All right. Yeah, for sure. Um, All right, artists in Albany, we need you. I'll tell you what. All if, hands on deck. Yeah, yeah. That's that's an uphill battle in itself. Um, just getting, I, I don't know. I don't know how artists vote. I don't know if they do vote. 
artists are the kind of people, at least from what I've seen, because they're a lot like me. And like, you know what? How about I, I'll come outside of my shell when I get done with whatever I'm doing, and then I'll hop back in here and make some more art. Um, but maybe we'll see. We'll see a difference in this. I think enough people are tired of seeing Albany where it's at. I think people want change. So I think, m me personally, I think you're in, you're in you're in good hands. Um, and uh, I would I, I can't wait to see you up on up there. Um, can't wait to get yes. that phone call. For sure. Yeah. Then I'm guys gonna say that I'm gonna then I'm gonna start making the calls. Do it. Do it. Let me know. Um. Thank you again for letting me chat thank you, David. And, and just go and di uh, deep dive on 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 who you are Absolutely. and all your policies. Absolutely love awesome. the conversation. I will not keep you any longer. I hope you have a wonderful night. And uh, like I said, I look forward to the future. Thanks. Thanks you too. Okay. Can't wait to hear how this all brings out. Ah, I think so. I think it's gonna be great. Hey, thanks for tuning in again to this week of the Pardon Will Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, go ahead and hit a like and subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to it on. And uh, if you do me a favor and you want to check out my social media, you can find the podcast at Pardon Will Pod on Twitter and on Instagram. And if you want to follow my personal, it's Pardon Will Art on Instagram and Twitter. Um, and if you don't have social medias but you still want to check out the artwork that I do or anything else that I'm involved in, you can go to PardonWill.com. But once again... I appreciate you listening, and uh, we will see you back next week. Bye, guys.